Welcome to the Prop Drop. Tune in every week for the best prop bet picks and analysis across all major sports. Brought to you by WSN.com. Hey, and welcome to WSN's Prop Drop, where we talk the top props across the sports world. I'm Elise Anderson, joined as always by Ryan Sullivan and Adam Forsyth. And we're going to uh, do our best to give you the best locks and most unique props. Be sure to check out WSN.com. And while you're at it, subscribe to the WSN YouTube channel. Uh, digging into uh, your guys' best bets recap, uh, how'd you do with the uh, mock draft? Yeah, what's going on, guys? Uh, Elise, I had a pretty good week because my best mock draft recap, well, I had a steal of the week, and it was advising you that FanDuel had a prop at plus 135 that the top three picks in the draft in order would be Joe Burrow, Chase Young, and Jeffrey Akuda. Guess what? One, two, three. Nailed that prop bet. Definitely paid for some beers this weekend. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, buddy. I had the uh, the top three going there. I was worried that there might be a deal coming around for Detroit there, a last-minute thing. But when it said the pick is in, you knew you were safe and you'd want a sweet $1.35. So, uh, yeah, that worked out pretty well. Uh, I picked the Giants uh, taking an offensive player as well, which worked out well. They went O-line as predicted, uh, even though uh, I thought they'd go Werfs instead of uh, Thomas there. But nonetheless, and I had Tua going at five to the fish. Uh, there was a prop going on that he might be taken earlier, said no dice, he's going to the fish, and that worked out well uh, for the fish. Maybe not so much for the Chargers, but it worked out well for the Dolphins. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, cutting into the best steal bet of the week. I'll kick it off, actually, because I'm missing hockey, so I'm back over at 888 Sport once again for some Russian ice hockey. Um They've got that uh, Liga Pro s still going on there, and there are many, many games to bet on. I'm not even going to attempt to, you know, pronounce the names of all the teams and this and that. But if you head over to 888 Sport, because you're missing hockey, you can bet on it there. All right. I am going to turn to the world of television for my steel bet of the week. There are odds being offered up right now on whether or not the Chicago Bulls documentary series The Last Dance will receive an Emmy nomination. We're going to get into it a little bit later in the show, but i got to get into it right off the top because somehow, yes, for them receiving an Emmy nod is paying plus 300. Jump on this now before someone realizes they've definitely made a mistake. Uh, ESPN Sports documentaries are always like a critical darling. They receive a ton of Emmy nods in the past. They did last year. So when it comes to one of the highest profile showcases this uh, that ESPN's really ever done, of course they're going to be recognized for their efforts. We're only in the early stages of the documentary. It's been fantastic. The early reviews are in for the next wave of episodes, and it's only going to get better from here. So plus 300, yes, that's ridiculous. That is my best steel bet of the week. I like it. I like how we're all going in three different directions here, too, with our steel bet. Let's, there's not a lot of sports going on, but we're being versatile. We're going across the board. It's awesome. Uh, for my steel bet of the week, I'm going back to the good folks over at FanDuel. And I like what I'm seeing for FC Minsk versus Slavia Mojir. We're talking about the Vashaya League here. This is the Belarus Premier League Soccer. Uh, Mojir winless in their last two, including a draw against a 10-man squad of Rook Brest uh, just under two weeks ago. They haven't won since that nail-biter 2-1 win over Brest. Not Rook Brest, to be confused. That's regular Brest. Um, I know Minsk is third in the table, and they're on the road, but they're paying plus 280, and I think you got to jump on that against a Slacking, Slavia bunch. 
Love it. For our next broadcast, we want to hear from you. Did you agree with our picks? Where did we go wrong? And most importantly, give us your wildest prop predictions from any sport. And we promise to discuss the top comments in next week's show. Be sure to like and subscribe for the most up-to-date prop predictions. And before we get to our prop selections for this week, for our listeners living in New Jersey or West Virginia, go to WSN.com for special bonuses and deals. If you want to bet on this week's games, you can compare the best legal online sports books and get exclusive offers when you sign up and start betting. Uh, The virtual NFL draft kicked off on Thursday night. Uh, There were definite winners. There were definite losers. We now welcome in the senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports, Frank Schwab, to the show. Frank, uh, who was your biggest winner of the first round of the NFL draft on Thursday night? Boy, that's a good one. You know, there were a lot. There were a lot of teams that I thought did really well for themselves. I thought the Dolphins did pretty well to get their quarterback at number five without having to move up, having to trade any of their draft capital. And then they they took the tackle out of USC at number 18, and I thought that that really fills a need for them. They're they're building slowly, smartly. I I thought the Dolphins are are really doing well for themselves. Another team I really liked, I like the Cardinals. I like what they picked. I thought staying at eight, getting Isaiah Simmons, who can be such a difference maker on that defense, and they need difference makers on their defense. I thought that that was a great value pick for them. I, I thought that they kind of fell into that pick. They've had a, you know, to add a DeAndre Hopkins on offense and and an Isaiah Simmons on defense in one offseason is pretty good haul for them. And another team I'll just throw out there is the Denver Broncos. I think they're they're building something. They they are getting good in a hurry. They have a good young offensive core, and I think Jerry Judy was a perfect pick for them at 15. Again, didn't have to move up and got a guy who a lot of people think was the best receiver in this draft. I think that. The Denver Broncos are a team that is on the rise, and they did really well for themselves on Thursday night. All right, gentlemen, yeah, I, same question. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I was, I was getting really excited with, uh, <laughs> with Frank's talking there. Yeah, and, and, and I couldn't agree with them more. I think the Broncos did have a, a pretty solid first round, and, um, you know, we're going to get to that in a little bit of just how good that AFC West has become in the past few months and especially the past few nights. But, um, yeah, some definite winners, definite losers here. Uh, the Cowboys snagging CeeDee Lamb where they did. I mean, he just fell into their laps. That's an awesome pick. I think the Vikings replaced Stephon Diggs very quickly um, and very well, too, bringing in Jefferson from LSU. I thought that was a great addition on their part. Uh, the Chargers linebacker selection, Kenneth Murray. I love how they traded up. I think that was a great pick because uh, I wasn't too motivated by the Herbert selection. But I think the big winner here, uh, I'm giving those guys honorable mention, but the big winner in my book was the last team to select in the draft, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. I think very rarely, um, I mean, if ever, have you seen a team win the Super Bowl and then win the first round of the NFL draft. But, um, you know, the Chiefs looked at the board, and I think a lot of people were in this kind of like freeze-frame state where we just heard so many times running backs will go in the second round. So everyone just forgot about them completely. Uh, But the Chiefs looked at this, and they said, well, we don't really need any position across the board, but if we wanted to, we could have like the sixth or seventh best linebacker we could have the sixth or seventh best you know cornerback or guard or we could have the cream of the crop the best running back available in Clyde Edwards Hilaire and I think uh, you know it's a tremendous pick Uh, they got the best guy at that position they do need a running back to create a one-two punch Williams back there and uh, it's a name I think we're going to hear a lot about in the next few years definitely agree with Ryan about the Cowboys snagging Lamb. Like, I never thought he would fall that far, and neither did the odds makers. I actually went back and looked because I was kind of kicking myself that I didn't pick up on it. 
He was a 30-1 to long shot to be selected by Dallas. So if any WSN listeners jumped in on that one, congratulations. I think my draft winner, I'm going to go with what Frank was saying. It is the Dolphins. They landed a franchise quarterback in Tua, and they didn't have to trade up to do it. And that is what makes them the winner. The Lions and Redskins really failed to create a market for their picks, and they could have landed a really nice haul for Miami. The Dolphins rolled the dice. They sat back, and in the end, they got their man. It's been a long time since there's like a quarterback in that Miami area that sparked excitement in the organization. I think it's a real possibility of a sign for things to come when it comes to the Dolphins. And I also like that they rolled the dice a little bit in their second first rounder, uh, adding Austin Jackson, the left tackle, not rated high by most teams, but they had clearly identified someone they really, really wanted, and they weren't afraid to take the plunge. Bit of a raw prospect. He's not going to immediately take the NFL by a storm, but he has massive upside. And five years down the line, we might be viewing this pick as a huge home run. Odds have been released for the 2020 NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, not really surprising that Joe Burrow leads the list at plus 250. Let's bring Frank Schwab back into the fold. Frank, who's your pick right out of the gates? You know, it's always hard to go against the quarterback. We've seen the last couple of years... You know, a couple instances where the, 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 a running back might deserve it, but the quarterback gets it instead, Kyler Murray and Josh Jacobs. So it's, it's really hard to go against Joe Burrow just because we know he's going to be starter day one. We know he's going to put up numbers. We know he's got some guys to throw to. But, you know, I mean, obviously the odds reflect that. I do think Judy is a good pick. I, I think that, you know, it, down a little bit, but he is in an offense. I thought Drew Locke looked really good at the end of last year. I think that offense has a lot of weapons, so it's not necessarily, he's not going to get the targets to, to blow away the field, but he's not going to get the defensive attention either. Cortland Sutton takes away a lot of attention. The running game needs to be dealt with. So I think Judy's going to be single covered a lot. I think he's going to, he, he's shown the ability to make plays, and I think that if, if you're looking for somebody, you know, a little bit down the board, I, I think that Judy's a fine pick because I do think he has the ability to have a huge rookie season. Yeah, Frank making a lot, a lot of decent points, and he's jumping on these Broncos quite a bit here as well. I mean, as he, as he should. I mean, they did have a good draft day. Judy is a good pick. He's paying uh, plus 1,300, so 3 to 1. So you're going to make some decent dough if he does take it home. Um, but I, I was thinking back to more what he said um, at the front of his answer there, and in, in that, I mean, generally this is a quarterback uh, or running back dominated field. Uh, award I should say um, and you know with that in mind I think the guy that comes right out of the gates that has the best tools to work with is Joe Burrow and we look at the Cincinnati Bengals and the words best tools and Cincinnati Bengals have rarely if ever been used in the same sentence uh, but for a quarterback I mean you've got Joe Mixon there to help you out who's established himself as a pretty solid running back out there uh, AJ Green when he's on his game I mean he's going to be healthy you know, how he fares uh, with the NFL after basically missing a season uh, is going to be interesting. But nonetheless, once he gets up to speed, he is one of the best in the game and has that capability. And then you've got Tyler Boyd as well, who showed last year just how amazing he can be in that fill-in role. You put him at the number two spot where he's getting less attention, and he could really take off. So, um, you know, it's not an amazing offensive line in Cincinnati by any means, but I think it's better uh, than what they have going on in Miami. I mean, they're building that up with rookies right now in the first few days of the draft. Um, um, you know, if two is uh, standing in front of a few rookies or standing behind a few rookies, I think he's going to be in big trouble. Uh, so my vote, even though it's not going to win you a ton of money, uh, he's just paying plus 250 right now is Joe Burrow. Uh, some solid points there, Ryan. I do kind of disagree with you about one thing. A.J. Green in the word healthy, that is an oxymoron, sir. <laughs> it's true. It's a rare thing. 
Yes, but I think that it's all about the player walking to the best situation, at least for me. And in this particular case, it is the one you alluded to on our last prop, Ryan. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire joining a Super Bowl contender and is in a likely spot where he can make an immediate impact. Uh, you and Frank both touched on when it comes to quarterbacks, they are kind of generally the favorites. But Tua and Joe Burrows, they'll be on bad teams. Kyler Murray got the rookie award. And he got them. He only had five wins last year. So the competition wasn't the greatest in that year. Josh Jacobs, obviously pretty solid. As for this year, though, I think it's Edward Hilaire's to win. He should push Damian Williams for carries. He's also a really dangerous option for Patrick Mahomes as a target for swing-out passes. Uh, I was watching this LSU product all season long. He's making defenders look like fools. It gives me a ton of confidence that he can find yards after the catch in the NFL. So he's a dual threat. And if things go his way, he should definitely be running away with this award in about 12 months' time. All right. Head on over to WSN.com for extensive odds and free picks for all major sports. Um, with Rob Gronkowski heading to Tampa Bay, 888-SPORT New Jersey has updated their Buccaneer odds. Tom Brady is now sitting fourth behind Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson to win MVP. Now, I mean, personally, I don't think this is too accurate. I'd have, I mean, instantly Drew Brees comes to mind. I'm like, why would he be behind Brady? And then you got Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I don't know. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, there's there's no chance. This is just the market overcorrecting itself. Uh, it's kind of like if you were going to use another sports analogy, uh, Tiger Woods in a golf tournament, his odds are always going to be inflated because it doesn't matter what the odds makers do where they set that number, people are still going to bet on it. And that's the same thing for Brady, so they may as well set it extra high. Uh, after Mahomes, Wilson, and Jackson, you named a couple of them, Elise. Uh, I have Watson, I have Breeze, Rogers ahead of him, and then one you didn't mention, I think Dak Prescott has a big year. So those four right there, I have them above Brady. There's even a handful of other quarterbacks and running backs that I would have easily put ahead of TB12. Like He's on the wrong side of the numbers when it comes to age. Um, he definitely has more weapons at his disposal this year in terms of the receiving core. I do love the addition of Tristan Wirfson in front of him, the first-round pick. Uh, that rookie should give his quarterback a ton of confidence and a ton of protection. But I just don't see how he's even the, uh, the conversation, really, at this point for MVP. can no longer be viewed as a, a deep ball quarterback. He doesn't have mobility on his side. He just has his smarts. And that can only get you so far when you're playing against the league's best. I'll be really curious to see how he does now that he doesn't have Bill Belichick calling plays for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Adam. I mean, I, I don't think the Gronkowski edition, uh, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't move the needle for me. Uh, Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is still the same Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They just, they, you know, they don't have Jameis Winston. Sure, they've, they've tinkered with a few pieces here and there in the draft, a couple additions, a couple departures. But we're still talking about the Bucks. okay? You can call them Tampa Bay if you want. That's fine. It's <laughs> You know, it's one man, okay? And and I know that he's the greatest of all time, but he's also had some pretty damn great players with him all along the way, and he wasn't as old as he is now all along the way, of course. So, I don't know. I'm not moved by this Tom Brady thing. Um, of anybody on the list, um, you know, this is definitely Mahomes' trophy to lose, I believe, but I think at the same time, we've we've gone in and out with this guy in our props so far here, Adam, but, um, you know, Edwards Hilaire, I think... Uh, because of exactly what you're saying, I think he's going to take some touches away from Williams, but he creates another red zone threat. So if there's handing this guy the ball in the red zone, I mean, guaranteed he's going to get a handful of touchdowns. You know that. So that means that Patrick Mahomes is getting a few less touchdowns unless you put on the Christian McCaffrey shoes and he gets a couple screen passes. But um, I think with that said, it's going to take away from Mahomes' numbers a little 
bit. If I had to choose a guy uh, in this category outside of Mahomes, I still think Mahomes is going to win. Who are we kidding? But my dark horse, a guy that I think stands a substantial shot at this, is going to be Russell Wilson. Um, he's coming into this season. I mean, yes, the NFC West has improved, no question. Um, but, you know, he's got Lockett. Metcalf's got another year under his belt. I mean, he looked fantastic. And more often than not, Russell Wilson has to go outside of his job description. For the most part last season, he had a healthy running back back there for the most part until the end, um, you know, whether it was Rashad Penny or Chris Carson. Uh, but these guys are proving that they are made of glass and they have not added another running back to the mix. I mean, we saw what happened a few years ago when he didn't have a run game going. He just decided to take it himself and was incredible. Uh, so, yeah, I would put money on Russell Wilson as a long shot. I think I think there could be something there. We've talked about the Bucks. Who, in your minds, have improved the most this offseason? Let's welcome back in Yahoo Sports senior NFL writer Frank Schwab. Frank, who's done the best job improving thus far? It's a great question. It's, the answer has to be the Bucks. I mean, they they really to. I, I do have reservations about how good Tom Brady's going to be at age 43, or how good Gronk is going to be after a year off, but. It's hard to deny when you add perhaps the greatest quarterback of all time and the greatest tight end of all time in one offseason. The Bucks are, are really loading up, and, and they, they did well in the first round, too, to get the tackle worths to help protect Brady. So I think they're the obvious answer. But I think one, you know, they, they haven't done necessarily with volume, but I think the Buffalo Bills have done a really good job overall. And I think that getting Stephon Diggs met their number one need. I think that they wanted a ready-made number one receiver. That was the biggest piece missing for them. They're not easy to find, and they went out and got one. I, I appreciate the Bills' aggressiveness, knowing that the Patriots are a little bit vulnerable. I think the Bills, not necessarily with you know 10 guys I can name who they've added, but just getting Stephon Diggs it just tells me that they're ready to, to, to win this thing now, to make a run at the Patriots, and I can't wait to watch that AFC East race because I think, I think the Bills are really going to be a factor this year. He makes a great call about the Buffalo Bills. Um, but, you know, I, at the same time, I had the Bills kind of looking to win that division before Stephon Diggs moved over. So I'm, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to go with the Bills with Frank on this one. I'm going to go with a different team. And, of course, we'll give honorable mention to Tampa Bay. Yeah, the greatest of all time. Yeah, it makes you a little bit better. Sure. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Oakland Raiders. Not enough people talking about the Raiders right now. I mean, obviously, the Henry Ruggs edition in the draft a fantastic pick we all know this guy's the next Tyree kill or maybe even more than that maybe even better than that he comes out in a robe the first time on national television an old spice robe come on fantastic I love it uh, he's gonna be dynamite out there and they need a guy um, they need a deep threat they need a guy on in the uh, wide receiver core that can really take the reins over there and he's definitely got that written all over him uh, at the same time they've also freed up Darren Waller out there as well I mean he we shown last He's got great hands, uh, you know, yards after the catch, he can pull it off. And the reason being is because they brought in Jason Witten. A lot of people looked at that and said, well, you know, Jason Witten was just in the broadcast booth, I mean, before a, a short amount of time back in Dallas. You know, people aren't sold on this guy because he's got a few years on him. But at the same time, yeah, there's some miles on the tires, but he's got some of the surest hands inside five yards. He's a great check down tight end, and he's going to see a lot of leather over there um, in Oakland. They did a great job there. Uh, on the other side of the football, aside from the depth additions of uh, Marcus Mariota, Nelson Aguilar, two more great spots. Uh, but you bring in Corey Whitehead, uh, Vontez Perfect, uh, or sorry, I should say you move those guys out. They were slacking last year. You bring in Kwiatowski, you bring in Littleton right off the bat in free agency. Great pickups. Uh, Damon Arnett, first round of the draft. This guy's a fantastic cornerback. Carl Nassib up on that D-line. These guys are going to be scary, and not enough people are talking about the Las Vegas Raiders. 
Yeah, I mean, Chiefs are Super Bowl favorites. They're, the Raiders have improved. And I like another team in their division. I think the Broncos are the most improved, not only through additions, but subtractions as well. Denver was able to get out of that Joe Flacco contract. And while not totally sold on Drew Locke, he is certainly an upgrade over that aging Flacco character we all talk about. Is he elite? I don't think so. In the backfield, Melvin Gordon may be a bit of an interesting character off the field, but it is undeniable that he has a lot of talent. And between Gordon and Philip Lindsay, they have one of the best one-two running back tandems in the league. Uh, this week at the draft, they made a fanta- uh, fantastic pick. They went with Jerry Judy, and I predict he causes fits for opposing teams this season. Partnered up with Cortland Sutton, the duo are two legitimate downfield threats. So I kind of think they've upgraded in all three areas, which not a lot of teams can say that is the case, and I cannot wait to see if it pays off on the field. I think I'm going to be uh, riding a lot of prop bets on the Broncos this year. The AFC West, man, it is a deadly, deadly place, and I just want to apologize because I'm positive that somewhere in there I said the Oakland Raiders. Um, I apologize to the people of Oakland and to the people of Las Vegas. (laughs) I'll get it right within the next few months, I promise. Eventually. Yeah. Someday. Someday we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> we chatted offensive rookie of the year earlier in the show. Let's chat defensive now. Chase Young is uh, clearly the favorite by a landslide, given their new teams. Who do you like? Yeah, Chase Young, it's it's his award to lose, in, in my opinion. Um, but if i got to roll the dice on anybody, uh, it's going to be Isaiah Simmons. I mean, at plus 700, again, I mean, you know, it's if you want to roll the dice and wait it out, I mean, obviously that's what this is. It's a futures bet. It's a waiting game. But, uh, you know, it'll pay 7-1. to one, And I think Isaiah Simmons is a pretty good shot because he's so versatile. Um, you know, you look at Chase Young, and the big number that the voters are going to look at is how many sacks did this guy tally up. It's not going to be tackles, not going to be passes defended. It's how many sacks does Chase Young finish the season with. You look at Isaiah Simmons, this guy has just as many opportunities at getting those, well, I shouldn't say just as many, close to as many opportunities <laughs> at getting those sacks as well. But then he can also drop back into coverage as well. He can also finish up with a ton of interceptions as well. And he's shown that he's a very capable, he's very athletic. And I'm excited to see what he can do uh, in Arizona this season. I think it's a it's a solid pick. I mean, he slid to him. He fell in their lap, as Frank was saying earlier. Uh, but he can definitely make some noise. Watch for Isaiah Simmons this season. Yeah, I believe you were really pushing for him to be drafted by your Chargers there, were you not, Ryan? I was, yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, watching the draft with Ryan was really special because he was not having a good time. Uh, sorry, buddy. Uh, I detailed on the, week, on the show just a few weeks ago, actually, I was saying that, that Chase Young would win this award, and now that the draft is over, it hasn't really changed my opinion. He immediately improves Washington's defense, and he will create headaches for the opposition from game one. Now, the only hiccup here for me is the Redskins as a team. They'll be bad this season, and that means Young will be on the field a lot. He also won't be getting a lot of help, so I'll be really curious to see how he handles uh, himself in the pro game in the long season when he's getting battered and bruised by the other team because, make no mistake, he will be targeted. Uh, if you're looking for more value, though, Patrick Queen's a great option at plus 1,400. Unlike Young, he slides into a system where the Ravens are loaded with talent, so he won't feel the pressure to be the star right away. He also won't be dealing with the opposition's best. He can kind of fly under the radar. He can make some big plays. He'll be in the national spotlight a lot, especially because the Ravens are legit Super Bowl contenders. So all those kind of factors piece together to make a pretty good case as to why he might be an award winner next year. Head to WSN.com for tons of betting guides for beginners and anyone wanting to learn more about strategy and how sports betting works. 
Recently announced, Tiger Woods is teaming up with Peyton Manning while Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady will unite to face each other head-to-head May 12th in Florida. Odds have been released for this. Tiger and Peyton at minus 200, Phil and Brady at plus 160. Adam, uh, where are you at with this one? Oh, you guys know me. I love golf. I'm the golf guy of this WSN show. You guys handle the rest of it, and I 100% will be watching this, especially because we are starved for sports, and I predict everyone else will be too. 16 million people tuned into round one of the NFL draft. Like, people need their sports, and I'm glad this isn't the first time they've done this type of showdown because they had this event last year, and it was just between Woods and Mickelson in Las Vegas. It was really entertaining, but it came with its fair share of problems. Uh, mostly the two golfers were just kind of boring. They were mic'd up, but they weren't really talking a lot. And then the mics picked them huffing and puffing up the hills. They're out of breath the entire time. I like that they've added two athletes with some personality. So I'm definitely taking Tiger and Peyton for this event. Uh, Manning is entertaining. And more importantly, if you're a betting person, he has a 3.5 handicap while Brady is an 8. That is a massive difference. I'll jump on the line now, too, because I think it moves even further. Keep close tabs on WSN.com. Uh, you can guarantee that once the exact details of this event get ironed out, there will be a ton of juicy props for us to gamble on. Uh, we'll keep you covered, and we can cash in together. <laughs> I think that uh, I'm just as uh, upset as Elise that Tommy Fleetwood's not listed here. <laughs> Where's um, Fleetwood? <laughs> yeah, right? I want my, like, 95th overall Spaniard that I could take as my long shot. Um, I know nothing about Peyton Manning and Tom Brady golfing. The only time I've seen Tom Brady golf was on an episode of Entourage and Johnny Drama broke his driver. Uh, oh, so yeah. with that said, with that said, I think Brady is playing with new clubs. He's going to have to break them in. <laughs> and so I like Peyton and Tiger for the win here. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is this is a pro-am. I mean, this is it, at the pro-am at the best of times is terrible watching. Unless you're there in person or unless it's Happy Gilmore and Bob Barker uh, duking it out. It's just boring, terrible television. I'm not tuning in. But if I had to throw money down... I'll put it on Peyton and Tiger. Why not? Uh, two things. You're, you, there'll be no sports. There are no sports happening, and there's a sporting <laughs> event on TV, and you're like, I'm not watching it? Are you kidding? <laughs> you're going to watch. Well, you know, it, it all depends. I mean, you know, if there's another episode out of The Last Dance, I, I might be watching that, I got to say. I don't know. I, you know, I'm caught, I'm caught up on the Tiger King, but who knows what's going to come out in a few weeks, Adam. <laughs> oh, you're finally catching up on Tiger King, are you? I've, I've caught up, and I've got to say, you know, while we're on it, it was extremely disappointing. The end of that show, he was talking from jail the whole time, and then it's like, he went to jail. Pretty Like, that. nobody said that, but that's pretty much what happened. And it's like, yeah, we knew this. And then the show ended, and it was like, well, you know, this is, this is pretty crappy. The, the first five episodes were entertaining. The last one was just, I don't know what was going on. Yeah, well, you know who fair. will be king? Tiger, when he beats... <laughs> Oh, there's the pun. There's the pun. But who will be governor? That's the question. Uh, I I would have voted for him for governor. I'm a little disappointed that he lost. That would have been great. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right. I mentioned earlier that I'm uh, missing hockey like crazy, and the NHL is planning a summer comeback. Odds are out for an NHL return as well. Before August 1st is minus 200. After August 1st is plus 150. And it's not the pretty bet, but it's the hopeful one. Like, that's all I can go with right now. I am going with before August purely because I miss it so much. It's just it's just wishful thinking. <laughs> I appreciate that. I don't know if it's the smartest of bets, but it, like, I, like you said, it's the hopeful bet. Uh, I would love for hockey to grace our television screens before August. I just don't think it happens. There's too much uncertainty in the world. 
Uh, every time one of these have popped up, I've detailed it week after week after week on WSN.com. Take the after, because I've been cashing in on all spring. Uh, there is a push or a return. Ultimately, though, it's out of the NHL's hands. As long as the U.S.-Canada border remains closed, hockey is out of the question. And then even if the border does open up by, say, July, the players will need like two, three weeks of training camp. They haven't been on the ice in four or five weeks now at this point. They have to get back up to game speed. Uh, I've been saying for a while, and I'll say it again, just scrap the season. It's unfortunate. Turn your attention to the next season. Anything else is foolish. It's dangerous, not just for the players, but for their families and the cities they will ultimately play in. So I miss hockey, but come on, just call a spade a spade. It's done. I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. I think that it is it is stupid to push for it, but I mean... We've been, we've all been following it, and Trump wants to get professional sports back up running again. So I, I wonder if he's going to open the border just to American players going into Canada, or like you know something ridiculous. I don't know. Um, the world, the world doesn't make any sense right now. So I, I can't say that this isn't going to happen. I'm with you though, Forsyth. I think it'll be after August if it does happen, or after August first. Anyhow, it might still be August because uh, the NHL came out and said they're planning for a summer push. That's what they're going for if the world clears up in time. Um, and yeah, Forsyth, you've won a lot of money on this, so I'm not going to go against you. These little props you had, you had the Olympics, you had the premium. League pushing March back Madness. their dates. March Madness. You've won some dough, man. So I'm going to go with you on this one. You're not only the golf expert, you're the delayed sporting events <laughs> expert as well. I'm the so. bad news bearers of the coronavirus. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, totally exactly. are. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I'm, I'm money on it. That's smart money, man. So, I mean, somebody told me the other day they had, they had a great idea. Like, how come they don't just play in, like, a like a middle-of-nowhere city and just do, like, a giant tournament in, like, this, like, little tiny shack of a rink or something? It's like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe well, they can all go to Alaska, play on a pond, do, like, the mystery Alaska thing up in Anchorage. Eh, could be something there. Could be something to it. So Only if Russell um, Crowe's the captain. Yeah, I would love to see it, but I'm with you. It's going to be after August, if it does, and that is a very, very large if. Well, very oh. quickly on that, very quickly on that is that, and you kind of just mentioned it about these these neutral site cities, and that is the NHL's tentative plan right now to get it back, is they're going to have one city from each division, and that it, that'll be the area of the tournament. So for the Pacific Division, the rumor is Edmonton in Canada. That would be the target for all six Pacific Division teams. Raleigh, North Carolina would play for all the teams in the Hurricanes division, and they would play three games a day and just get the regular season done. It's a really bizarre thing, but that's their goal to get in wow. time for July. But again, that's all up to whether the borders open up or not. Yeah, and, and I'm for the idea. If, if they play it out and then push back next season, and then the next season has to be pushed, and if they shorten up the NHL season at the end of this, I'm all for that. If we can get fewer games in the NHL, make it like a 50-something game season, that'd be incredible. Uh, the reason the NFL is so damn amazing, not only do they own a day of the week, to quote good old concussion, uh, but it's, you know, it's a handful of games. Everyone can pay attention. This is why baseball struggles so much. The NHL is not far behind. Fair points. I don't feel any happier ever after that conversation. No, though, but you, so. you've got you've got you know KHL or Belarus hockey to bet That's on. That's right. You know? League League of no, Pro Short League. I'm good. <laughs> it's I not the League of Semi Pro. It's the best of the best over there. That's right. That's right. Uh, head over to WSN.com for expert online sportsbook reviews. They'll let you compare all the best legal uh, sports betting sites available in the United States. Um, Adam did this as his steal bet of the week. The Last Dance has debuted on Netflix, and I was actually just as shocked to see this. The MJ and uh, Chicago Bulls story. The odds have been released on this. Will the series win an Emmy? Yes is plus uh, 300. No is minus 500. And 
you know, based on the first two episodes, I just, I, I, I can't wait. Like, I'm like, I've never wanted Monday to come more in my life. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going it, with it, yes. It, I'm I am yes, yes. Going with yes. Okay, all right. I like it. I like it. I think that in time, it definitely can. The first two episodes, yeah, they didn't move me too much. And I think it's funny. When we say it's debuted on Netflix, I think we're adding salt to the wound as well because... Uh, so many Americans, uh, my family included, are very upset. It's on ESPN in the States, but it's on Netflix in Canada. So anyway, um, aside from that, uh, yeah, the first few episodes, it told me everything that I already knew. Um, and yeah, there was a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff. Like MJ uh, went into, into a bit of a story, and, and maybe, spoiler, not really for anybody that hasn't seen it, but uh, he kind of touched on, oh, yeah, these guys, you know, they were in this room, and what some of his, like, teammates were potentially doing drugs in a room at the time so it's, it felt like he was going to pull back the curtain a little bit and tell us some stories but nothing really happened i knew scotty pippen uh was completely underrated i mean it's been well documented that he was underpaid i mean i had a pippen jersey back in the day i was a huge bulls fan back in the day i followed along and they didn't really break any new ground for me uh, but when it comes time for the rodman stories uh when we get kind of behind the scenes on that when we talk about family gambling when we talk about him playing baseball then I'm hooked. Then I'm in. And then you can turn up some few rocks, turn up a few rocks and see what you have. Uh, but so far, two episodes in, I don't know if it's Emmy worthy just yet. My two cents, of course, but I don't know. Wow. That's yeah. uh, really. <laughs> okay. It, of, of, of all the new 2020 shows, it's beating Tiger King for an Emmy, I suppose. But, yeah. um, but so far, it, it's, it's just said what we already knew. It's cool coverage. It's behind the scenes a little bit. But... We knew this. We knew all of this. Michael Jordan, he, you know, he had a he had a he had a foot injury, uh, and then he, and then he went and played at back at North Carolina, and then he came back and he had to only play 14 minutes. We knew this stuff. This has been documented. You're very hard to impress in quarantine. You think that you would be like everything would be amazing to you because there's nothing going on. Instead, you're, instead you're like the harshest critic in the world. I'm enjoying it. Hey. These Emmy critics, the Hollywood Foreign Press and whatnot, they're tough. They're tough, all right? This isn't, this isn't Rotten Tomatoes or the Razzies. This is the, the Emmys, okay? This is the pinnacle. Look, I <laughs> got to be tough. Obviously, uh, we're massive sports fans. That's why we're doing this show. But there was some stuff on there that I didn't know about, it, like Pippen in the back of the team bus, freaking out at his general manager and players getting involved, or uh, Michael Jordan just screaming at Harper in practice, the poor guy. Uh, so there's some interesting stuff there. But as for the prop itself... This is, as I detailed off the top, my steal of the week. I cannot believe the odds are yes at plus 300. There's absolutely no chance it doesn't receive an Emmy nomination, mostly because, as Ryan kind of alluded to there, there won't be a lot of TV shows airing in the coming months because they're not <laughs> filming anything right now. So there might only be two documentaries up for an Emmy. Uh, can you? Here's a little pop one for you. Last year, ESPN was nominated for a 30 for 30 documentary. Can you name a 30 for 30 doc that came out last year? Because I can't. Catching but it got out. nominated. That was like seven years ago. Yeah, I know. But either way, <laughs> it got nominated. So, of course, a 10-part series that we're all watching will be nominated. It smashed ESPN ratings records for the most doc watched ever on the network. I don't know if that was a proper sentence. Uh, nearly doubling <laughs> the audience of the previous record. We're only a couple episodes in, and unlike Ryan, I've learned a ton of stuff. As I mentioned, the, pe uh, the Pippin team bus freakout, or how their manager, Jerry Kroos, was nothing more than a glorified baseball scout. That was hilarious. Uh, fascinating stuff, and we're just kind of tickling the surface here because they're going to tackle the Dennis Rodman storyline in Episode 4. That alone should, should, it should secure everything. Grammys, Emmys, Oscars. Give it a freaking Tony because it's a fantastic <laughs> documentary so far. 
You know what's yeah, unfortunate Ryan. about this? I'm sorry, but you know what's unfortunate? Okay, this is great, and I love the Jordan, and I love the Bulls, and I'm into it. I will watch every episode right when it comes out. I'm all in, okay? I just need a little bit more juice from the show. But nonetheless, is that they're saying Kobe Bryant now, uh, there, you know, somebody, a camera crew followed him around for his entire last season. This is going to become a thing. This is really cool right now, but it's going to turn in to the NHL Winter Classic, and everyone's going to film their last season. We'll have the, Le- the LeBron. We'll, we'll, we'll have it all, and it's just going to be over saturated and it's not going to be special i'm sorry i'm bitter maybe maybe that's what it is i've been in quarantine too long and i got cabin fever and i'm upset maybe that's what it is also low-key the funniest part uh between the first two episodes of that show is when the french television producer tried to get an autograph from michael jordan oh <laughs> there's, there's a scene there that nobody's talking about that like he's like shaking hands in the line after the french game and a guy just steals his armband and runs away <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Are you sure you don't like it enough, Ryan? Come on. You know what? Compared to everything else that's on, absolutely, it's winning Oscars, Grammys, my heart. <laughs> it's, oh my gosh, the cinematography is breathtaking. There but, you go. Uh, give it time. The, the Rodman, I know the next few episodes, it's going to win me over. I know it will. Okay, good. Uh, a reminder, real money daily fantasy sports are a great option for people living in a state where traditional sports betting isn't legal. Head to WSN.com and they can set you up with links to DraftKings and FanDuel. Don't forget to head to WSN.com and WSN's YouTube channel for tons of coverage in all sports. Make sure you like and subscribe to Prop Drop. For Adam Forsyth and Ryan Sullivan, I'm Elise Anderson, and we'll see you next week. See y'all. See ya.